You are now listening to the Life is Not Complicated. You are Strong Opinions podcast with mentor, role model, proven philanthropist, and best-selling author, your host, Carlos Wallace. <laughs> we about to get started now. Uh, hey, y'all. I, I got another innovator, thought leader, and decision maker with me. Say she a hope dealer, <laughs> not to be confused with a dope dealer. Um, tell them a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Shonda Strives. Um, I'm the owner of She Strives Enterprise, which is basically an empowerment organization. Um, my whole thing is uh, living by a set mindset to create a lifestyle mm. that's worth living for. Um, so I am a writer, I'm also a mentor, um, I'm a public speaker, and I do a few other things. All things to benefit my community um, and to engage my peers. Okay, I like that. Uh, it, what, I, what, what caught my attention the most was that at a, you're doing it at such a young age, man. That's, that's got to be a challenge in itself just to uh, have a vision beyond those much older than you. Okay. to want to see something better, not just for the next generation, but today. Right. Like, how much of a challenge is that? Um, I don't think it's challenging. I think once you have been challenged um, as an individual, mm. it becomes easier to want to create life change mm -hmm. for others. So when I look at my age group, um, Which just is? my lifestyle, I'm 33. 33, so okay. millennial, right? Um, when I think about my age group and the ways that I assist others, change doesn't really have an age limit right, right. um right. so like you were talking about dylan hope right there's not really an age restriction on those that actually need hope so from the toddler to the senior we all need to be encouraged we all need to see something that's steady progressing in a manner that exudes integrity um and also is an effective manner as well mm -hmm. how uh now i know you're a business owner right um you know, a devout, striving entrepreneur. I am. Striving. How much does your philanthropic or community work intervene with, with your, your business? Or have you found a way to kind of co-mingle and, and make them uh, thrive together? They actually go hand in hand. Okay. Um, so my main platform is speaking. So within the schools, I, I'm a public speaker. I also speak at churches and also corporate settings. Mm -hmm. So I can go in based on my corporate experience and I can teach customer service or how to sell things in an effective manner, um, all revolving around a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I believe that everything is about lifestyle. So no matter what you're doing, whether you're in school or whether you're in the corporate setting, um, if you're selling a product, you don't really sell the product, you sell the lifestyle. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. when I think about my community efforts, the goal is to pour into the community in a way that sustains a better way of living. Mm -hmm. So when I do homeless feedings, I just don't want to go out there and feed. I want to take an individual from the streets to a place of stability. So there are some steps that go along with that. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to pull, from, pull my resources from the platforms that I stand on when it comes to public speaking and take those and pour into the community. Right. Okay. Cause you, like you said, it, it's all about uh, the things you're around, what you surround yourself with, and something you say all the time, mindset. Mindset. It's your mindset, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, man, I, I couldn't agree more, man. I couldn't agree more. So how long have you known this is what you want to do? Um, 
I guess I'll say about the last two years, um, it's something about going through a divorce that changes your whole life, right? So you went um, through a divorce at 31. So, and yeah. And you start seeing things different. Uh, definitely. Um, grew up preacher's kid, right? Mm -hmm. uh, married to a pastor, so I was a pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. And um, I was that chick that was like, I'm all in for my guy, like so far in that I would put me on the back burner. Mm -hmm. So once you're disconnected to something that you would always cling to, something that gave you breath mm -hmm. and you're kind of forced away from it or you're no longer in that position, then you have to breathe for yourself. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. once I found my breath, um, I realized there was so much within me and I was able to understand who I am and what I'm about. So I just began to go after my passion. Okay. So you mentioned giving so much to him or, or to, you know, to your mate, your husband, mm -hmm. that you kind of put yourself on a back burner. Definitely. How would you, you know, how would you advise people as now innovative thought leader, right? Right. The, those that are listening to this and, and they looking, listening to you for direction, how do you find a way to balance that without losing who you are? Well, um, one of my greatest takeaways when it comes to marriage or any relationship is that even though you're becoming one, you're still an individual. Mm -hmm. So in a marriage, you know, you have the I, but then there's also the we. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But apart from the oneness, you're still an individual that God created with an intended purpose. So while you come together on a lot of things, you still stand alone in some areas. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I forsook everything. My friends, um, I started out in school at UTA for nursing. Mm. And then I was like, oh, you're going to become a pastor? Okay, well, let me go to Liberty University and study biblical studies. Oh, wow. So I switched up everything. everything. Um, so that's not the way to go. Um, you can stand as one, um, and you can travel together, even if you're not in the same lane. Mm -hmm. So my um, suggestion or um, my word of advice would be to don't lose you in the us. Right. Okay. That's fair. Because, you know, even with, with Liz and I, you know, people go, man, y'all work so well together. But I think a lot of that is because neither one of us have to surrender who we are. Right. You know, um, I'm very supportive uh, with her, with things she does, you know, like with public speaking. I, I never cared about public speaking. Liz <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> is who Liz said, no, you you need to be a speaker. The, the things you say, it moves people. Um, and she is still on me to this day because she want she want me to be better than what I am, you know. Okay. And I can't be mad at that. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. And, and so she's more or less my manager, you know, agent, so okay. to speak. And that's a good thing. Now, as a comic, she she does stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. And I'm her manager. Like, I'm on her about certain jokes and positioning and, and getting on stage more because she's amazing. She's an, She is, if not the funniest comic I ever heard, she's definitely in my top five. Okay. Without without question, That's and what's up. especially her creativity and what she can find a joke in, you know, mm -hmm. like comedy is is taking what hurt and making it funny, exactly. like you know, create that that remedy for the for those that have that sickness, right? Right. And she does that, like is she's very good at it. So I'm always on her about doing it more. And on top of that, she's a killer public speaker. <laughs> so uh, I works. always I tell her all the time, man, if I'm going to have as good as you, I'm going to be an amazing speaker. And she's like, no, I don't want to hear it, you know. 
But so I understand. But again, ne neither one of us have to surrender who we are. Exactly. In order to work together. And I that. think that's how a team works. Um, so even even in my uh, marriage at the time, you know, there were times where he would see things in me, like he called out this public speaking in me. Mm -hmm. He pulled a lot of my strengths out mm -hmm. that I didn't even see. Right. Or maybe I did see them, but I was so far beneath his shadow mm -hmm. that I didn't walk in it. Mm -hmm. And But that was my choice because I, I was like submissive on steroids, right? Gotcha. Like, <laughs> yeah. But thank God for growth and all of those things you learn from your mistakes. But I love what you just said. Anytime you're together, um, especially in a marriage when you're weak she's strong and mm -hmm. when she's strong you're weak and you can bring you can pull out the best in one another yeah and seeing me I can't I, I, I wasn't in a shadow so to speak I was just limited in my thinking mm. you know what I mean I had been uh, when we met I was I, I was a railroader you know I was an engineer and I was a union rep for the engineers and I was okay. very good at what I do you know what I did then but to me, that's all I wanted. I didn't care about anything else. Right, you know? right. <laughs> and so she saw things in me. Like, I never wanted to write a book. Liz said, this is why you wow. need to write. And when she said what she said, basically she told me, you're always sharing the advice that your parents and grandparents gave you. Mm -hmm. If you die tomorrow, it's going in that hole. Wow. But if you put it in a book, it'll last forever. That's when she right. said that, I couldn't argue with that. I'm like, well, damn. <laughs> so, it makes sense. So I started that night, you know what I mean? I went on a night job at work, and I started writing my first book at work. Wow. But, uh, yeah, wow. and, and I would send the pages the to her. That's the power of influence. Listen, I would send pages to her, and it was like when I was a kid. My mom would do my homework. Well, I did the homework, and i get to her. If it was sloppy, she'd throw it away. So they start over. That was Liz with the, right. with the writing. <laughs> okay. She's like, yeah, I didn't like that. Start over. And I was like, <laughs> But, okay, uh, okay. but look, you know, it came out to be a, a great book, you know, a bestseller, man. So right. I, I appreciate that. And it was, hey, we argued and, and fought back, but she was always right. I can't, I can't deny <laughs> <Listen>. it. <laughs> so uh, what would you say some of your biggest challenges, man, uh, in business and life, you know, collectively? Um, some of my challenges have been, um, while I adjust very well to things, maybe due to the military, um, I would say adjusting mm -hmm. because when you're truly walking in your purpose and going after your passion, there's not a crowd, right? Mm -hmm. So you have those moments where you have the audience that's cheering for you, but I believe the real grind happens and the real commitment takes place when the lights are off and everyone's asleep and mm. you're up working. Mm. Uh, so it's holding yourself accountable um, and stretching yourself when everyone says, take a break and go rest, but mm. you know what's before you. So you know, the weight of responsibility. Right. So the toughest piece for me has been just simply adjusting and keeping myself accountable during those moments of feeling tired and stretched thin. Wow, trying to have a winning a winning game on the road with no cheering section. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I always say before the world stands and cheers for you, you got to stand and cheer for yourself. That's so. correct, yeah, and keep that same energy, man. Exactly. But speaking of that, now I know you're a big time Cowboys fan. I am. Probably bigger than me. Man, but, go so, Cowboys. So, so. <laughs> Uh, we're you're, going to the Super Bowl. You, every year, every year. No, no, no. This year we're this going to the one. Super Bowl. We six. do have the best quarterback. Ring six, you know, 2020, clear vision, all of that. Facts, okay. All Go right. Dak. So how right. long have you been a Cowboys fan? Oh, you know, since way back when. Okay. Since, I, I, since I, birth. Since I can remember. You know, I think I came out the womb, like, part Mavericks, part Cowboys. Like, oh, yeah. I was mixed. I was in blue, dressed yeah. in blue. I, I remember, I have pictures when the Cowboys, you know, I grew up in East Texas. Okay. And in the off season, the Cowboys would come down and play, like, uh, pickup games 
for a charity against the local police. Hmm. I got pictures with them guys back then. That was oh, from the way back when. Like Tony Hill, <laughs> Drew Pearson. Oh, yeah, they, they were riding in on horses at that point, right? <laughs> well, yeah, man, they used to play uh, at Lamar's College in, in Jacksonville. Like wow. once a year, they would come down and, you know, raise money for charities. I, I remember that. Man, I love the Cowboys. I, I used to be a banker and in Las Colinas, oh, and okay. some of the Cowboys were a lot of my clients. Yeah, so yeah, a lot of them I was like able them. to meet some of their parents and just kind of get, get to know them apart from the field. Right, right. Well, I would say the Cowboy team we have now is a, a reflection of the Troy Aikman, uh, Emmitt Smith, like with the same type of, uh, you know, the good mix. Yeah, you I know, actually think Dak is a better quarterback than Troy Aikman. I so. do, I do. I, I believe that we have two Cowboy teams in one. So mm -hmm. it just depends on who shows Which up on shows the up. field, but right? But I think that's coaching. Uh, oh, of course. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> course. obviously the talent is there. Right, everything you know? rises and falls on leadership. So, you know, yeah, yeah, coaching. Yeah, I think it's coaching. I don't think it's gonna change. Let's not put that out there. <laughs> uh, Okay. All right, we're going we're gonna to go into break right now so we can let that negative energy lead the room. <laughs> we'll be right back with you on the Life Not Complicated. You are a Strong Opinions Podcast. Pens, poetic energy needed in society. The highly anticipated documentary by Sol Caritas and iRise Films, coming spring 2020. Hi everyone, Liz Fawbless here to let you know about my children's book, You Have a Superpower. It's part of a series of books I've written to empower, to inspire, and to help young girls everywhere realize you have special talents, special gifts that make you an amazing person. I call them superpowers because these extraordinary talents, whether it's math, science, art, sports, or even writing, can help change the way people look at themselves and the world just by watching how confident you are about your extraordinary gifts. It's the perfect book for any young woman who needs a positive reminder that she's smart, gifted, and important. You Have a Superpower is available on Amazon.com. Order yours today and let that special young girl in your life know she can change the world one superpower at a time. All right, we're back with you on the Life Is Not Complicated. You are a Strong Opinions Podcast. My girl Shonda, we let that, that negativity lead the room. Because <laughs> we're going all the way this year. Uh, all the way. So, do you have children? I do. I have two children, Cameron and Kennedy. They're uh, 10 and 14. Mm. High schooler. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's, that's a challenge in itself. It huh? is a challenge. Oh, my goodness. It's a whole nother level of experience. So do you, would you say they pick up on you as far as how you support the community and things like that? Oh, definitely. My daughter, um, she has her own little nonprofit called uh, Girls Strive 2. Oh, so okay. it's under She Strives, and they are very, they will feed the homes with me. Um, I, sometimes I think they're too giving. Mm. But they definitely pick up on everything that I do. Now, when you say too giving, now I know it's <laughs> because sometimes people can take take your kindness for weakness. How do you find that balance? And, and better than that, how do you teach them that balance? I think they've learned it through me. Uh, my life has been open to my children, so they've seen the rise and fall mm -hmm. of in business and in my personal life. Uh, so they, I've, 
kind of tried to instill in them discernment and not being an emotional giver because mm -hmm. uh, they've seen the times where I would give to someone on the street and then, you know, you turn around and they're driving better than me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I, I would get so fighting mad, but I would have to blame myself because I was an emotional giver. So right. I would just teach them little things along the way. Um, I st they, they are really giving, though. Um, if you are in a restaurant, if there's any change, they don't want to count it. They just want to give it to the person. If mm -hmm. they want to pay for everybody's food in the restaurant, yeah. that's the type of children they are. Well, with other people's money anyway. They're not going to give their own right, money. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that they are learning a balance along the way um, with their dad being in ministry. And then I'm also in the community. They see a lot of giving, um, but they because they've experienced our losses, mm -hmm. At some point along the way, it'll, it'll begin to come together and balance out. So it's good. You, like you said, they get to see both sides. So exactly. They, they can see the result of giving too much, uh, be it the person deceived them or you can empty your cup. You know? Exactly. And if not, they'll learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life will teach you quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best teacher, life experiences. I'm gonna shift a little bit, man. Let's uh, let's talk about politics. I, now we're gonna start with the national politics, and then we'll we'll come back down to the Dallas. Okay. I, um, how much of it do you follow? I follow enough to avoid a headache. Mm -hmm. um, I have a lot of views about you know our president. Mm -hmm. um, you can everything share. Everything rises this and is falls. This strong opinions. You everything can share. rises and falls on leadership. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I see a lot of areas where we are falling. And of course you don't place the blame on just one individual, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it's the mindset of the country mm -hmm. and the mindset of the leader. Um, while we have a leader who's has experience in running corporations, mm -hmm. um, do you, mm, Sometimes in the ground, but. <laughs> often in the ground, right? <laughs> often in the ground. But he, I think he still tailors to those that um, are okay with it. Mm -hmm. And I, I could definitely not be a freaking Trump supporter with all of the stuff that he's done. Yeah. Um, just as a woman mm -hmm. um, or probably as a human being. I, I think if I was an alien, I wouldn't even. It, and it'd I don't still mean, be kind of hard. It, yeah, it'd be kind of hard. And I don't mean like a foreigner. I mean like freaking alien, like yeah. not from the planet Earth. Um, it'd still be hard to support him and any of his views or lack of insight, uh, mistrust, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. inability to provide facts. Mm -hmm. It's just a number of things. Um, but when I think about, you know, him being elected into office and many of the supporters, I know Texas definitely shows up for Trump. Mm -hmm. When I think about the supporters, um, it keeps me aware of who I'm surrounded by. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I've been a part of the political everything since I was like 10 or 11 years old. Okay. Like my first interaction with politics was I was paid to pass out flyers, you know. Okay. I knew a guy uh, that was a lobbyist in Austin and he worked for different politicians. So during the political season, he'd come to our hometown and he would pay us, you know, me and a group of guys, you know, 30, 40 bucks just to go knock doors and put flyers in mailboxes and stuff like that. So that's what kind of piqued my interest initially, right? Okay. And then my grandfather ran for judge the first time, I think I was about 12. So that really, I was like, man, I want to do that. Oh, you know yeah, it's I mean? a big thing now. And, but then as an adult, uh, I started to get a grasp on why we vote and 
and who we vote for, you know, because right. my parents just used to say, my first time voting, they said, go in there and push D, straight D exactly. ticket. Like, I ain't know anybody's name, just straight D <laughs> ticket. Right. And so uh, about the time when Clinton ran, that's when I, I really did research on politicians and stuff like that. Like, not necessarily the politician, but their agendas, you know. Right. Like, why I'm going to vote for this guy. And I actually voted for Bush Sr. because I was military. That right. was best for military. Exactly. You know, he promised us a raise and all oh, that. Yeah. So I've always told people, man, you vote your paycheck. Like you, you know, vote for the the party or the candidate that's going to support the industry that you're in, right? Okay. And so upon leaving uh, the military, I worked for the prison briefly, and then the railroad. Okay. So I've been around railroad all my life, but I never really paid attention to union and how forceful it is and how important it was until I became a union rep. Right. And I've been Democrat ever since because, and it's not so much about candidates as much as it is their position on, on things, right? I agree. Because there are some Republicans that are pro-labor too. It's right. just not enough of them that I can switch to that whole party, okay. right? But I can say with uncertainty, Trump has been <laughs> <laughs> a horse of Is a different okay? color. Oh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> you know, I, I know there are some Republicans that, that vote for him just because they feel like they have to, you know what I mean? Right, he's in the lineup. But one of my one of my advisors told me uh, he was he was a politician too, and he's now retired. He said, "Carlos, it'll always be people will always call themselves a Republican because it sounds better. You know, it means you're rich. It means you have Structure. a status, right? Right." And he said, "Until it becomes embarrassing." <laughs> well, I think I think <laughs> we've think met that, that day, right? Because. You start to hear people now, they don't call themselves Republican, they call themselves conservative. Right, exactly. <laughs> like they, exactly. It's like they're shying away <laughs> right. from the label Republican. I'm not y'all, but I'm not with them. There you go. And so uh, I think about what he told me then, and I said, you know what? I think we finally have reached that day where it's almost embarrassing to say Republican. You just say, I'm conservative. But by nature, as black people, especially in the South, we're conservative just by nature, right? You I agree. know, we with, with our with our daily values. Right. You know what I mean? And so now that I live in the North, I think they find it shocking when so many blacks in the South are Republicans. And I said, no, it's because of their. We are conservative by nature, period. Right. That's just who we are, right? I agree. Um, which brings me down to the local politics here in Dallas. I know mm -hmm. you're extremely involved with with that. And you're one of the very few people that I know that honestly says, hey, the local stuff has way more effect on you than the national. Exactly. So pay attention to that. Exactly. This is where it begins. I mean, I started out on the local level as a campaign manager mm. and just something that I jumped into to help someone out, honestly. But the more and more I got into it, of course, you're never going to do anything without understanding mm -hmm. the roles and responsibility of it. So once I was able to delve completely into it, and get an understanding for what was going on in the county that I was living in, Den County, um, I became more engaged because I began to see the problems and I began to see uh, the loopholes mm -hmm. and uh, the hate mm -hmm. and a lot of things uh, faced a lot of racism, mm -hmm. um, especially in Den County. Um, the local level, there's a lot of things going on. Unfortunately, many of much of the community is completely unaware and led by the media. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. we only move when the media moves. And unfortunately, the, the media moves in the direction of money and mm -hmm. views and numbers. So it's not necessarily 
we're going to uh, show things for change. We're just going to show things to keep up confusion. Correct. And we're going to make you fight one another. Yeah. So we never really get down to the root of the problem. Right. So when the media puts out something that's going wrong in the community, whether it's um, something that's been voted on or another death or police brutality, that's something that we cling to. And then it goes away and we go on to the next subject. But there's not enough hands on. Mm -hmm. um, if, if there were, we would see that. We wouldn't always vote by color. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, we wouldn't always vote by the, the campaign that has the most money because they have the most signs in the grass. Mm -hmm. We would actually begin to look at who we're voting for. And mm -hmm. most people don't vote. I think the Popeye's line was much longer than the voting lines yeah, the last time that I checked. Right. <laughs> and um, who knows, you know, the chicken sandwich came right back out on the day of voting. That was a <laughs> mysteriously. And once again, we fell for it. But. <clears throat> It is what it is. I really yeah. do think that people should get involved. Um, there's city council meetings. There's so many different things that the public and the community can get their hands on. And you don't have to be someone in office. You don't right. have to be someone with a degree. You're a resident with a voice, and Just that's care. all that matters. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's interesting you said the media, you know, they thrive off of the confusion, right? Like exactly. keeping us fighting. It's, it's, it's been said that countries before, like when there was a deficit or the, the money was low, mm -hmm. start a war. Like war always <laughs> generate money. It does, <laughs> and views, I mean, right? That's that's what makes money Yeah, so now I think, now they just create mental wars versus, you know, tanks and guns. We If we can just have the people at odds, it generates money. And the problem is ourselves because we fall for things. Nobody Correct. forces us, nobody forces us to watch the things that are on the news. Mm -hmm. If we actually read the articles, some of them are not even well written. I mean, we right, need right, spell right. check, you know. Sometimes we're smarter than the person that's on the other side of the screen. Correct. But we don't take the time to think for ourselves mm -hmm. and we allow others to think for us. And that's not everyone, mm -hmm. but a lot that just kind of believe that at, their voice goes as far as a post or right. another hashtag. Um, many of those individuals are led just by the media and it's sad because that's not what's pushing change right right no you're right and, and it's frustrating to me because as you know I write I'm an author right and um, there's a lot of things I talk about in my books that people don't even think about and so after they read it they'll come to me and I go man how did you not already think of thinking that way you know what I mean uh, with what you just said about the article in my book, The Other 99 Times, I have a, a chapter about hip-hop. Okay. And I said, I compare hip-hop today to the media, right? And I said, today, people don't even listen to the lyrics. They just listen to the hook. That's true. And the same with headlines. They just read the headline. They don't read the body. They don't know what's in the body. Of the or that the body <laughs> was written 10 years ago. Right. They just It's just the hook. They exactly. just caught on with the hook. And, and so... The, the purity of the art is being lost because of that. <laughs> yeah, we're so fast-paced and we don't want to take time to go through things. We just want it quick. So if we can't get the message across in the first five sentences, many don't want to know what's going on behind it because we really don't care. Mm -hmm. We're so self-absorbed in many areas and it's all about me, 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 and how does this affect me? And we don't, a lot of us truly don't get involved until it hits home, mm -hmm. until mm -hmm. it hits our family members. And then we want others to show up in a manner for us that we're not willing to show up for others. But that's a whole other subject. Mm -hmm. I can do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take another break, man. We'll be right back with you on Life is Not Complicated. You are a Stronger Movement Podcast. The things students say, like, you know, man, because of this book, I didn't commit suicide. Because of this book, I can now uh, speak in public and come out of my shell. 
because of this book, I'm not so worried about what other people say about me, you know, not looking for their validation. That's what means that, you know, that's what, that's what touches me. Um, my favorite chapter was about not letting either your boss, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, mother, family, anybody get in your way of being successful in whatever it is you want to do. To purchase life is not complicated. You are or the other 99 times or to download the audio versions. Please visit carloswallace.com. Stream Life is Not Complicated, You Are, and The Other 99 Times. Train your mind to enjoy serenity on Tidal, Spotify, and Audible today. All right, we're back with you on the Life is Not Complicated, You Are, Strong Opinions podcast. Let's switch gears a little bit, man. Let's, uh, let's talk about these mass shootings. Wow. It's out of hand. Yeah. The shootings are definitely out of hand. Um and I think they've been happening a lot. You know, they've been happening. We're just being exposed to them more and more. Because um, of social media? Social media and everything. And the craziest things, I mean, a lot of our youth are having access to guns. And it's, it's out of hand. I'm not even sure what the solution for that is. But some of these shootings lately have been led by our teens and our youth. Um, so I think we need a plan to kind of combat that mm. versus just the adults that are going out and doing the foolery that they're doing. Yeah, it starts at home. You know, interesting, my father, he had a gun my whole life. Okay. And, and he carried it. I don't know if he ever had a permit or not. But he, <laughs> and so there was times uh, he would tell one of us, hey, uh, Carlos, uh, you know, my brother or sister, go get my gun out of the truck. Okay. And he, he at one time, he set us all down and showed us how to carry it. If okay. he tell you to go get hold the butt of the gun, don't touch the trigger, da da da, da. Right. We did that, I mean, hell, 20 years or so. And ain't none of us accidentally shot the gun. We ain't accidentally shoot us. It, it starts with parenting. You know, I think a lot of people, um, the, the, it first starts with the fear of the gun. Instead right. of educating your child about the gun, just saying, stay away from it. Well, you know that ain't. That's like sex. Say, well, just don't have sex. Right. The stove is hot. Don't touch the stove. And they, as soon as you stove. turn around, they're gonna touch that stove. Exactly. <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? So, so I think education is always the key to anything. I agree. You know, agree. you know what I mean. Uh, starts with that. Like you were in the army, so you've handled guns. You know. Right. Right. And my children have even seen a gun. Yes. I, mean, I gotta protect myself. I, I live in Texas. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. So my children. They're old enough to go to the gun range. Right. When I go, there are children there, and they mm -hmm. have memberships with the family. So I do think that education is an important piece when it comes to guns so that they'll know that, hey, this is what you do and this is what you don't do. Mm -hmm. And children tell other children things. So if they see a, another teen or youth with it, then they can pass the education along. Yeah. I read an article a couple of days ago, and it said the one thing that all mass shooters have had, it's four things they've had in common. Uh, they did a study over like 20 years or whatever. Okay. And the, the, the biggest one was they had been abused as children, hmm. bullied as children, okay. and kind of outcast as children, right? Okay. And so they kind of took that chip on their shoulder into adulthood. And some of them are still kind of outcast or loners. And okay. one day just pushed over the edge. Like they see that as an as a answer. Or some mm -hmm. of it look at it as now they're finally going to be somebody. They're going to be a martyr. Even if I die, I'll go to jail. Right. My name will finally be in the paper. How do wow. you feel about that? Well, hmm. I guess 
Like you said, it starts at home. So even in, I have a son who's been bullied. Um, I think you teach your children how to win. Mm -hmm. And I love uh, that quote that says, the best revenge is success. Mm, mm. Um, so it's, you know, it's not a shooting, it's not getting even. You know, if you're trying to get even with someone, you're never gonna get ahead of them. Correct. So you gotta think smarter and you have to think above the adversary or the enemy or the person or the bully or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's really between the school and the parents to educate the child on how do you rise above those that go low. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Who said it? When they go low, we go high. Michelle Obama. Our first lady? <laughs> my first lady. <laughs> I don't know if she's your first lady, but she's mine. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting you say that because uh, I shared this story before. When I was in the fourth grade, I was uh, the first time I was ever elected president of an organization. It was uh, Junior Historians. Okay. And uh, we took our, our school, the picture for the pit, for the newspaper, and my mother dressed me in a white shirt. Well, okay. anybody know, if you heavy melanated like myself, okay. <laughs> in a black and white picture, you don't wear a white shirt. Right. <laughs> so when the paper came out, like you literally could not see my face. Okay. I was so dark because I had on the white shirt, right? right? And people did what you, they was laughing, you know, at school. And, and so in my mind, the whole town is laughing. This is my first right. time in the paper, you know, and uh, my mother took an interesting approach like she didn't go to the school and say, hey, they picking on my baby up here, which is what a lot of mothers would do today. Yeah. She sat me down and she said, hey, you darker than them because you better. And I think that day forward, I started appreciating being dark. Like, okay. like I never even thought about it until then. But when she told me that, I was like, yeah, I'm better than them. You know what I mean? And I was, I, I, well, without a question, the darkest one in my whole family, the darkest in my class. Uh, yeah, and so, but I took pride in it right. as opposed to being embarrassed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you hear it now. Oh yeah, you know the darker the bear. The sweeter juice. Hey, right. in the seventies and the eighties, that was it wasn't no cool thing. Right. When Michael Jackson and the Barge had it on lock, it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> cool, right? But I had to embrace that. And every year from fourth grade till I graduated, I was in some leadership role, whether it's student council, was it president of my the wow. choir, fellowship of Christian athletes. Uh, president of my class every year until I graduated. I think that's the power of influence once again. So, you know, your mom, she was an influencer in your life. Mm -hmm. So she could speak life in a way that would actually cause you to live. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, um, many are not involved in their child's life in a manner that your mom may have been. Mm -hmm. So parents can say things and it doesn't go as far. Mm -hmm. Or teachers can say things and it doesn't go as far. So the very words that were used to lift you, they don't have an effect on the child today. Yeah. So you can look at a child that's being bullied and if you don't carry weight in their life, then it it's matter. nothing that you would say that will cause them to live mm -hmm. because the bullies carry more weight. They speak more life or even, really, even though it's dead. Mm -hmm. um, their words have more weight in the life of the child, which will cause the child to think that their words are true. Mm. And you can have this parent that's hit or miss every now and then because they're busy with life and working two or three jobs or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. They're not paying attention. So when they look at their daughter or their son and say, hey, you're, you're smart, you're beautiful, you're this, they, it becomes just words mm -hmm. because it's on the other side, it's, do you really know me, mom? Right, you don't right. really spend time with me. You're just saying that just because you're my mom. Yeah. 
but the bully is saying this because they're with me all the time and this is who so they see me to be weight. so they're what exactly words carry more weight well you know i've always said if 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 uh your child looks up to someone that they can't touch more than they do you then you failed as a parent you know like you shouldn't have no your kids shouldn't have no role models on tv like you 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 always said i'm be causing trouble on my facebook page you do, so, you do. <laughs> so the other day when i posted that i said between trump and kanye they have 90 percent of america's uh mind right like right i saw that they got you brainwashed and somewhere in the thread oh and i also said if you hate or love them and never met them you're part of the 90 percent like exactly. like how exactly. can you hate or love somebody you don't even know them right you you know what tv tells you or what you read or whatever like you don't know them and so some guy he wrote oh come on carlos tell me you ain't there's never been a celebrity that you didn't love you didn't love michael jackson i said hell no like <laughs> i didn't know michael jackson and i said i said well my my parents are deceased right now but i will give you my brothers and sisters phone number and you ask them what celebrity they, and they'll tell you the same thing right. we weren't raised like that like you you can't love someone you don't even know you know and so when i find kids today that have more um that are influenced more by say lebron james right. than their father i want to talk to their father like yo man how is it because my father was my hero my father my father was the reason i worked for the railroad because i wanted to be like my daddy you know what i mean like that was very important to me right and so i don't i think no i know we don't have enough of that you know we don't and as a mentor such as yourself um i actually see a lot more of our youth that do have role models and mentors and their heroes are the intangible. Mm -hmm. They're not the people that they're that they see every day. But we're so disconnected as a society because of social media and the phones and the busyness of life and, you know, grandparents are younger nowadays and they're mm. still trying to live life and so are the parents. Um, from my experience with being a mentor many of the parents aren't home mm -hmm. um, and these are i'm speaking specifically to many of my students in dallas they, their parents aren't there they don't feel that connection so when i step in a stranger off the street mm -hmm. you know they're willing to tell me things that i feel that they should be telling their parents right you know they're willing to take advice from me and even if their parent has said that very thing it doesn't come from them mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. the parent is mia and sometimes I'm the one or the mentors are the ones that are saying, hey, how are you really doing? Mm. How can I help you? And many aren't getting that at home. So it parenting has lost its value in a lot of homes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge problem. And that's why Kanye, Trump, uh, these celebrities, Instagram and all the other outlets that pour into our youth are more influential than parents. Mm -hmm. And funny you say that because we spend more time, not saying it's right or wrong, focusing on the immigrants and the borders and, and, and things like that, Man. when the real fight is right at home. Would exactly. you agree? Exactly. Exactly. I read a quote that says, if you want to change the world, go home and uh, go home and love your family. Ooh, I like I that. I was thinking. <laughs> so, you know. Now, sticking with the immigrants, man, like America was built on it. I read a post that said you was either a slave, <laughs> Native American, okay. or an immigrant. Pick one. Like, you know what I mean? So, right. We all so, come from somewhere, right? It, everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? So with seeing the hostility toward immigrants today, what would you say the root of that? It, I mean, I think it's just hate. It just is hate. Because is hate. somebody told them you're supposed to hate that. 
I think that our um, everything rises and falls on leadership, right? So I think that when we have leaders that spew hate or that are heartless or have a certain motive behind a certain thing and it's not for mankind, then that's what you get. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's why we have uh, children that die at the border. That's why we have uh, people that fear for their lives now. That's why we have some churches, like I was at Jamal Bryan's church um, maybe two months ago and they were doing something with, um, uh, what was going on at that time? Uh, something was going on and they were going to, I know it's gonna come to me, but they were going to raid the homes of those. Oh, and he made his church a sanctuary. Exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah. So I think we have things, first of all, I think it lacks structure. It's all over the place and it's not in the best interest for anyone, those that they're attempting to remove or even the community itself, but it shows the leadership that we're under. Um, and it shows that we're all over the place as a country mm -hmm. and our country has lost its heartbeat. I think it's just kind of flatlined when it comes to love. Mm -hmm. So I think we're in a position where we're being led from a position of hate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And whenever you have that, you, you have disorder, you have uh, bitterness, you have fear, um, and you have like a, a lack of love for mankind. And mm -hmm. I think we lack that as a country. That's sad, that's terrible. We're gonna take one more break and uh, come back with the last segment. It's been great doing this. This is one of my favorite interviews. Man. Really? <laughs> Be right back with you on the Life Is Not Complicated. You are a Strong Opinion Podcast. You know, they say when you get married, people change. Do, do you think we'll change once we get married? Los, you see I'm sitting here doing something. This is the type of question you come, you see I'm busy. I mean, what change how, Los? Change how? Change in the way that I'm doing something right now and you can come and interrupt me oh. and I'm just supposed to be Ooh. like, okay, baby, let me stop exactly what I'm doing, which All is very I important say is, I me. hope you do change. Jesus. The Author and Anchor Podcast, where we try to be the example of what we want to see in the world. All right, we're back with you for the last segment on the Life Is Not Complicated. You are a Strong Opinion Podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to leave Dallas now, so let me go and get this knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in your darkest hours, uh, what would you say keep you going for the for those that's listening to this and to find that deep encouragement within yourself? Oh, I guess I mean that's easy. That's my faith, right? So I think no matter what your faith is in, my faith is in God, Jesus Christ. Um, I think if you lack faith, you lack hope. Amen. If you don't have faith in something, then you can't quite see the future. Mm -hmm. So faith has been my anchor, um, even when my ankles, you know, buckled mm -hmm, <laughs> or mm -hmm. my knees got weak. My Because my foundation is firm, right? Mm -hmm. um, even when I hit rock bottom, I knew that Jesus was my rock. Mm -hmm. So even when my back was against the wall, I knew that God was the wall that was holding me up. So in my darkest hours, whether it's in business or professional, um, God, my faith in God has been my hope and my faith and continues to be. Well, I ain't even going to ask you what keep you grounded because I'm pretty <laughs> pretty sure that's going to be around the same answer. It is. It <laughs> you is. Know? God is my anchor. Uh, now, and how often do you mentor? Like a lot? A uh, lot, a lot. I, um, wh whether I am speaking at different events or no matter where I am, I was in Florida a few months ago and some of the, at a youth conference and mm -hmm. I exchanged numbers with a lot of the youth and I still keep in touch with them. Mm -hmm. One of them just went out to the army. Um, one was struggling with her identity. Mm -hmm. uh, just so many things. And normally it's 
not even just youth, sometimes it's young adults. Mm -hmm. I got a few older yeah. uh, individuals that reach out as well just for guidance. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a lifestyle. Mentorship is a lifestyle, and I believe that that's something that we all need. We all need a I mentor agree. in life. I agree. And with people, my students, you know, when I go to schools and speak, they go, Mr. Wallace, do you have a mentor? I say several of them. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, it just depends on what I'm, I'm seeking guidance in, exactly. you know what I mean? But several, you know. Uh, you mentioned military. Now, right. I, I, it's an ongoing discussion, especially today's time with, with these quote-unquote woke people. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, we just had Veterans Day. Okay. And, and one of my friends asked me, he's like, well, it was a, it was a guy had a rant on Instagram. Okay. And the first half of the rant, I agree with. Like he said, America don't take care of its veterans, and no, no, no. And I was like, oh yeah, you know. I, I agree with that. It's you know, hilarious. Well, it just with 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 that. What I had to learn is you got to know the game. You got to know who to talk to. You got to stay persistent. And some people may not have the same tools. They don't have a computer to stay on it every day. Or they don't know what congressman or senator to call. And so uh, you can get taken care of if you know the right loops. And that's that's and I, terrible. And unfortunately, it shouldn't. It shouldn't take that. It shouldn't take that. But the second half of his video was basically saying black people shouldn't even go fight a war that uh, they, they, that for a country that don't care about them anyway. And so when he asked, I said, well, it's funny that a lot of the people saying that are benefiting off of what I had to go fight for. Exactly. <laughs> you know, second, I said, uh, a good friend of mine, Marcus Bowers, he owns She's Happy Hair. Okay. Really good friend of mine. And uh, he was in the Navy also. And we talk about this all the time. Uh, he grew up in a, in a really rough neighborhood in Houston. And he said, man, joining the Navy is what saved my life. He said, if I didn't join the Navy, I would be dead like a lot of my other friends. Wow. And uh, he said, Carlos, I'm, I'm glad I made that decision. And he said, uh, I said, well, Marcus, you ever stopped thought about this? Everybody that encouraged you in the neighborhood that's encouraged you not to go, ain't never been themselves. So how can they tell you about something that exactly. they haven't done? Right? Exactly. That was the second point I made. And the third point, and the most important of all, Everybody has their own story to tell, right? I agree. My father gave me a mountain load of advice. But the number one thing that he gave me, and it stick with me and it will until I die, keeping it real is taking care of your family. I agree. I agree. I mean, if you can't take care of home, then you can't take care of anything else. Um, but I think his response, lack of exposure, lack of information, it, it breeds ignorance, right? Mm -hmm. um, so people speak on things that they're not well versed in mm -hmm. or that they're fearful of themselves. Uh, I would like for someone to have asked him, you know, what does it mean that the country doesn't take care of you or this? Like, can you elaborate or are you just repeating something that you've heard that's been passed on down the line? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people repeat things and they don't even truly understand the meaning of that's it. That's correct. They don't even understand what it means for someone to swear in and take an oath to fight for a country for people who not even grateful or appreciative mm -hmm. um, my family's background is military from brothers to uncles and as someone who served in the in the army i don't regret my decision it taught oh, no. me a lot of structure and a lot of discipline right and uh, i know i mentioned to you before i think that everyone should have the experience mm -hmm. i think that it just makes a better individual and i think that individuals um, that have discipline and structure and have something worth fighting for, they build better communities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's what could change things. But that mindset was weak. <laughs> I right. think people that say things like that have a weak mindset and they're unlearned and they're ignorant and they're, 
they're just not living at a level that's worth listening to. <laughs> and, and it's funny because the fact that he can get on Instagram and slander the government of a country yeah. says a lot. Because in some countries, you you would be beheaded for even doing that. <laughs> that that's true, but that happens all the time. And I can imagine his comments. You know, I, I'm sure he got a lot of likes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people will tune in on trash like that. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody will run towards a problem, mm -hmm. but the line for solutions is very short. It's very right? short. It takes yeah. some people that are strong and willing to actually get up and do something instead of hiding behind a screen, spewing out hate or ignorance, mm -hmm. and they're not doing anything. So if the country's not fighting for you, well, what are you doing to fight for your community? You How go. are you fighting for the for yeah. your country? And mm -hmm. typically the answer is nothing. No, I agree. You know, when I was, like I said, when I was a union rep, I hear guys say, man, the union ain't doing, you the union. Right. If the union is weak, it's you. Like That's like, like the church. You know, the, the, church, is the church is this. I thought I was a church. I mean, we come together corporately, but me as an individual, I'm going to focus on this building of mine. That's correct. So that I can help build others. But if you're down in the church, you're in turn down in yourself. That's correct. So what are you going to do to be a part of the change? That's right. Yep. So with that said, like we all have those type of people around us, right? But to continue to strive and, and elevate. Right. Um, is it hard for you to separate from those people? Oh, for me, yes, definitely. It's um, hard. I value, I value my time. I value my placement because I know my value. Mm -hmm. um, so, I like to be a part of solutions. And so I, it's not hard. You lead them people anytime. Yeah, I um, really do have a gift of goodbye. When yeah. I say it's <laughs> a gift real, of goodbye, <laughs> I like those it. that know me, yeah. I was not always this way. Mm -hmm. um, I used to allow people to be in my space, but I've learned that access is a privilege. Mm. And I'm very mindful, and it may come across as arrogance or whatever tag or label people want to place on it, but mm -hmm. I'm not going to stay in places that are deadly. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to stay in poisonous positions. I will quickly move mm -hmm. because I know that I have a purpose and it's not going to happen around problematic people. Mm -hmm. So I make the moves that I need to make to keep me in right position with my purpose right. and my goals. Right. So if it doesn't align with that, then I get out of the line. Move on and run. Exactly. And I ain't got to tell you I'm gone. I ain't got to tell you why I'm leaving. Exactly. You just look up and I won't be there. And and that's exactly the way that I am. That's, now, if I value, you know, if I value the relationship, I'm going to offer an explanation. But a lot of times... There's not much of an investment that I consider, mm -hmm. or there's not been a return on the investment, right. and I just move on out move the way. Move on around. I'm with you on that. So, if you go on today, move on to glory, the okay. upper room. Okay. How do you want to be remembered? What do you, what would you say you contributed the most and, and that would people remember you from years to come? I want to be remembered as a woman who lived. And that's it, like she refused to quit. Wow. Um, so, with my name going through a name change to actually reflect strives as my last name uh, just refusing to quit in any area of life no matter what the opposition was she refused to quit like that can be on my tombstone she refused to quit i'm gonna remember uh, that now definitely it's in my will okay right. <laughs> it's in my will now, if I, it I, ain't there and they said does anybody when they give me my problems. two minutes i'm i'm gonna oh, no, no, i'm gonna wake up oh <laughs> Listen, I'm waking up. Well, don't do you that. Because I might, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave if you wake up. Even <laughs> 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 people don't take me with you. They just playing. They don't, they right. Don't, they, don't they, don't, they don't mean it. No, they just, they just showing out. They don't mean it. But that, that's pretty much it. Um, 
I believe that life is a choice. Mm -hmm. I believe that everything in life is a choice. Even in my deepest, downest moments, when I would just want it to be down, there was still that part of me that said, girl, get your butt up. Mm -hmm. Like, how long are you going to sit here and cry? Mm -hmm. How long are you going to... Uh, hold on to this word depression I know that to or be all true. of these other things. I know it. I really do think it's a choice. Yeah. And while I believe in counseling and mental health, and I'm all pro those things, but I still believe that at, at a certain point, you have a decision to make. You still start saying Do I fall you. into this or do I begin to pick myself up? And I believe that we can all pick ourselves up. It's mm -hmm. simply a choice. Yeah. Now, and I'm with you on that. Like, I think, uh, because I know people that suffer from clinical depression, and one of the things I say to anyone is, do something every day that's positive. Like exactly. And, and the first thing is stay away from the negativity, whether it be TV, your, 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 your friends and family. Like, separate from that stuff because right. if you don't, during the darkest hours, those are the voices you hear the most. You know, so just eliminate those all together, man. I agree. If we make better choices in life, we ultimately have a better life. And even when we don't know what choices to make, once we realize it's not the best choice, mm -hmm. then it's for us to move on. That's right. Punt and get ready to play defense. And I don't know why we hold on <laughs> to things that are detrimental to us. It, it just doesn't even make sense. Mm -hmm. But I really do believe we have a choice in everything. So if I'm down and out and if I stay there, I don't really need a bunch of people surrounding me right. doing all of this praying and stuff. I chose to stay down. Mm -hmm. Like that's how much I believe that life is a choice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Who would you say is your greatest inspiration and why? Um. Hmm. We're gonna talk uh -oh. about the intangible, right? So. <laughs> is it? And it could be more than one person. My, my one of my greatest. Um, I like to think of him as a mentor is probably Eric Thomas. Mm -hmm. I love his mindset and even being able to sit down and actually speak to him um, to know that he, he is who he is behind the mic. Um, but apart from that, Bishop Jakes, his teachings, mm -hmm. uh, practical um, information and application. Um, when it comes to being a hard worker, that's going to be my dad. Mm -hmm. uh, watch my dad pull out three jobs and do what he needed to do to provide for his family. And I never missed a beat as a child. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't even know that they were struggling at some points until I was old enough to understand what struggling meant. Right. Uh, so my dad is probably going to be my greatest inspiration in life. Uh, that's who I look up to. Even though we're both strong-willed and strong-minded, mm -hmm. um, and and can bump heads with words at times for the good, though, um, he's going to be my example of what it means to keep going and to keep growing through opposition. Mm -hmm. If you had an opportunity to go back and talk to the old you, would you do it? I would. Oh my goodness! But that would <laughs> I probably and, need to write a book. Okay, now that you would, what would you tell you? <laughs> Probably two things. It's not that serious, <laughs> and it's not even worth it. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> I like it. And and that's going to be for a lot of areas, out, even outside of relationships, mm -hmm. jobs that you would fight for, mm -hmm. um, all this climbing the corporate ladder. And I'm thinking I can just build a ladder. Right, you know, right, there's right. just so many things that you fight for and that you lose sleep over. It's not that serious, and it's not even worth it. Wow. I because like at the that. end of the day, you're still going to live. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we've survived, what, 100% of our struggles, 100% of our trials and tribulations. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we're going to survive the next one. That's true. As long as we're able to take the next breath. So it's not ser It's not that serious. As long as you keep waking up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Before we go, tell the people where they can find you. I'm on Facebook under Shonda Strives. I'm also on Instagram under Shonda She Strives. And um, 
soon will put out in, in the new year, uh, SheStrives.org, which will host all of my information. I love it. I love it. Well, I've enjoyed this interview. Definitely, and, definitely. Uh, and I finally had a chance to catch up with you. Right, because you're <laughs> always busy, right? <laughs> All right, that's a wrap, man. We'll uh, talk to you guys next time on Life Is Not Complicated. You are a Strong Opinion Podcast.